My mom told me not to talk to strangers on the internet, but I'm glad I didn't listen. We are the Certified Noon as your sisters in the love of Asian entertainment. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm Jesse. I'm Natalia. And I'm Skye. And it's someone's birthday. It's someone's birthday. Happy Yay! birthday. Happy birthday, Jesse. Woo! It's actually, okay, like, from the day we recorded, it was like a couple days ago. But like, <laughs> if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you know that when it's someone's birthday, they get to pick all by themselves with absolutely <laughs> no one can argue. No help. No no, help. No one can argue about it. No one gets to say, oh, I don't want to do that. They get to pick their own topic. And And we are so nice to each other. We We have not like like, sabotaged each other. We like we joke sometimes in like the private in our private chats, like we joke about sabotaging by picking something (laughs) awful that's like real niche that only one of us likes, but we don't do it. We try to we we always try to pick something that like we think other people will enjoy as well mm. uh and so this this month being jeff's birthday she decided to uh pick something wonderful and i'm okay as we were discussing last week you probably know what it is because <laughs> probably the title of the, the title episode you just you know clicked on but uh that's right we're gonna be talking about hikaru yutada a wonderful singer mm. of Japanese origin. And you know what, Jesse? Take it away. <laughs> I will. I- I'm glad to be back. It's been a couple it, it has been, been on the It has podcast, been a while. Too. It's been this yeah, work has been crazy. So um in the interest of our time here, um Utara Hikaru is a very accomplished singer and very popular in Japan and also has reached international success, especially with some of their um, work uh, with like the video game Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. and Evangelion, that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm doing a like very abridged <laughs> introduction into who they are <laughs> um, and their career. So we're not here for a very long time because, you know, it, it, we could, it, be we could go on for hours. Yeah, but we won't. And I'm not going to do that to you all. You can take this little bit of knowledge if you've never heard of them before and go research your own. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just want to put that out there because I know that there will probably be someone who is much more of a massive fan than um, I am and knows some stuff and the will most, be very the sad. Most I diehard fans so going to be so excited to click this. But yes, listen, diehard fans, we love you. But this is for the people, you know, you and please stay and listen. But this yes, is more for people who may not be familiar. We're doing a little pricey version, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and the reason I picked uh, Utada is because I've been a fan of them for a very long time, uh, since high school, which they were also in high school when they started their career. Um, I remember um, the first music video. I ever saw from them was automatic and I um downloaded it on this uh site mm-hmm, where yes. you know mm-hmm. the sleepy site and it took like <laughs> seven hours <laughs> to oh, uh, yes. download. Oh god. Um oh my god. But <laughs> then oh, the, just, the the lime the, the limey days we used to spend, know. <laughs> you know. You know, you know, on the wires as it were. Like, for, I mean like this was back in like what 99 2000 yeah. so 
there was really no like other option there was like youtube wasn't a thing like itunes i think maybe was like starting to be a thing but it was definitely wasn't a thing like when i first got into Atada, and it's it you had to do some sketchy things at that time so <laughs> but they've been in my life for a very long time um so i'm very excited to like at least like give people some context as to who they are and so then maybe you can like pick up their music because i think they're great um so a quick bio uh breakdown uh utada actually they're japanese um but they were born here in the u.s so they kind of like live in this like world of kind of being bilingual and shifting between japan and the u.s so they're kind of like in that kind of gray area of like who they are as a person and where they kind of like lay claims. Um, there was absolutely no way Utada was going to live on this planet and not be in the music business uh, based on who their parents are. Um, their father was a record producer, Utada uh, Terazane, and uh, their mother is a famous Inca singer. And Inca is like a traditional Japanese music style, kind of like... Um, Ballady, like more folk ballady. Um, and her name was Fuji Kaiko. So she came into this world with two like massive music powerhouses as her family. And um, because of that, was always in the um, recording sessions with the parents. They were always doing stuff, started like writing music and lyrics very on, like early on into their childhood. Um, they even talk about it in a lot of like interviews where it was like a family business and that's Utada just got into the family business is what they always say about it. Um, but their kind of like first introduction into the producing world was at age 10 uh, when they formed a duo with um, their mother and it's named U3 and it's basically just her in the background like singing and being sweet and very very young um and from that the they signed on uh, a record contact with toshiba emi in 1996 at the age of 13 um where uh, utada um recorded a full english album um which was never really released it was released to like kind of like music insiders um but something went on with the label so like i think that's why it didn't get released like it was part like the label was like merging into another label or something and kind of just got like shoved into a corner and so like it never really went anywhere because of that i think later on it was released in japan but it was a full english album so it, hmm. yeah you can find like one music video <laughs> from this time um and so like <laughs> You can find stuff. It's just very hard. Um, but it wasn't until uh, um, the release of First Love, which was their full um, Japanese album, which is kind of like what they like consider as their debut album. Um, it was like their first like introduction into the music scene. And it was a commercial hit like it just <laughs> won all these awards it sold over seven million copies in japan and why um, additional three million internationally um which like which back then 
that's it. Back like, then, like, that's yeah. just yeah. Like yeah. I know that like today, like with you know how international everything is in the music industry, that doesn't seem that impressive. But trust me, it's that's incredibly. <laughs> Again, I, I direct you to what I talked about earlier. iTunes wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we barely had, like, music sharing. This was like, the internet was in cases. its, like, very early, like, yeah. stages, especially in, like, in terms of, like, sharing things like that. Like, we didn't have, like, like YouTube videos. We had, like, flash videos that took hours oh. or even days to load. Like, it was this, a rough time. It was this is how, time. like, it, expansive it And was. digital music really it wasn't, wasn't a thing, a thing yeah. yet. Yeah, Realistic. Absolutely. Like, digital music. Everything yeah. was very physical. Yeah. Like, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. I mean, when you had digital music, it was because you had ripped. a CD that you ripped onto your computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then maybe people were sharing those yeah, things. Those, t- like, those tiny little MP3 players. World. Like, the little, yeah. like. Yeah. 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 Well, even like, especially like when you're talking about like someone who is a Japanese artist and you're like, mm-hmm. like getting these international pieces. I remember like even like at the very early stages of iTunes, if I were to get Japanese music, I had to go through hoops to get it. Yeah. Like I literally had oh. to buy a gift card. I had to set my address as a Japanese after- mm-hmm. address and pay with the like iTunes gift card yeah. under that like Japanese <laughs> address to get a like Japanese download. Back in like, the uh, <laughs> in the high school days, I had a hookup. There was a group of uh, nerdy fellas that I was acquainted with, um, and one of whom was trying to date me. And he had good internet. I didn't have good internet, and so <laughs> he would get me my anime and my J-pop and all that. That's how I got the chat. He would burn it onto CDs for <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, so yeah, burn CDs like even I remember even in high school later mm-hmm. on, like so a few years after around this time, like it still was burn CDs were mm-hmm. still kind of the main way people would share yeah. stuff. Like yeah. if you I, if you weren't online ripping it yourself. Yeah, like I had a friend in college who who was the only one with a, a computer and internet, and she would take like a list from everybody of like the songs they wanted and set a a download list overnight i had a my best friend was like that they had the best internet so they could do that not all heroes have capes (laughs) and like to like date ourselves a little further um ipods were only really a thing when i was in like college like yeah yeah like it was later yeah we were just doing CDs. I mean, yeah. like, my first Utada CD was purchased at an anime festival, like a con. Like, and that's wow. the only way I bought it was because yeah. the convention came in and, like, you know, you Imported had, like, it. people who were importing it and doing, you know, setting up shop. And so, like, that's when I bought the first CD. And so it, it was, was an official. It was, it was an, an official, official CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. it was, like, kind of, like, the first time. It was uh, the Deep River album. And, like... <laughs> It was just like, oh, now I actually have some of their music. It's not just like I remember, like the only thing that I could ever easily get on actual like physical CD would be Mm -hmm. like very popular anime OSTs. Like I had the Ghost Mm -hmm. in the Shell OST because that was a very popular anime. Did you get it at FYE? Because FYE was the only place here in the States that was doing uh, any sort of no, anime well, my, stuff. Uh, my sister lived in uh, the States at the time, so she would buy them for mm-hmm. me wherever in Philadelphia had them and then would mail them back to me. 
So it was a rough time, okay? It was a those rough are time. rough times. I know we always keep on seeing those memes, and people are like, "Oh, I hate that!" Like, so like Netflix is taking off my anime, and I'm like, "Girl, Girl. no!" I, I, I literally I, had to go on message boards yeah. and get someone to mail me a VHS tape of a fan song no, to watch anime. That's what they were like. They were anime. like you know, like, you know, the cheaper Netflix is only going to be in 720p. I'm like, 720p? That's fucking yeah. luxury. I was watching in 144, my yeah. God. Like, like those a- anime music videos, like the fan music videos, yes. you're watching them, I'm like, that's three. Tiny, that yeah. like, oh. two by two. Oh, rough. It was a you're rough like, time. Yes. Uh, oh. Anyways, <laughs> back to Utada. Um, by the release of that album, Deep River, um, Utada became the only singer or group in Japanese music history to have three consecutive albums okay. surpass the three million mark and became the eighth best-selling album of all in Japan. And and, and they were like, they were sixteen at this point, right? Uh, for Deep River, they were or were they like, like probably about eight? because it was their third okay. album i think yeah okay but they okay. like when they they were around 15 when that first like actual the first love album came out it around that time is when that and that became super popular mm. immediately and utada mm. is credited i guess kind of like um part of that like um era of like japanese pop being really big and starting to be like a very yeah. big like influence onto the music industry which i think is like kind of like fascinating if you read up about her or their mother um they like were part of like this renaissance of inca singers mm-hmm. and was kind of like doing more like contemporary inca however that is and so it was kind of like a, this like nice kind of like parallel to that because utada was sitting there like really getting into the scene and i mean this is like around the time that like boa was also getting big too so if you're trying to like figure out where like the timeline is it's boa britney spears is big at this time so like the female pop like type of like singer was was huge back then so um that's a little bit of like kind of like the brief background of the bio i wanted to like briefly mention um something that happened or something that came out uh, within the past couple of years that is very much tied to Utada's identity now, um, and, and is um, about them coming out as non-binary and being mm. one of the like few or even like the only Japanese artist or entertainment person who's talked yeah. about coming out this way. Um, so in 2021, they released a statement that they decided to come out as non-binary. And I saw this interview that they did with um, Zane Lowe at Apple Music. Mm, It was a good interview. Yeah, it's a really good interview. And uh, I really liked what they said about this. And this is, uh, when I came across the term non-binary for the first time, it wasn't a question of, am I or am I not? I was like, whoa, where was this word my whole life? Hello, we finally meet. It was like a gift. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, they haven't talked a lot about it past that point because it's very new and it was kind of more of like oh i've just like finally found the words to like feel how i'm feeling um but it's it's really significant because utada is such a huge huge person in japan and being able to just kind of willingly come out and there's some interviews where they talk about how they're like you know like there are people who can't do it because of like their family or their jobs or something and i'm like 
I'm just this. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's all I am. So maybe I can just like talk about it yeah. and be the one to like constantly talking about it because at the end of the day, what's gonna happen? They're not gonna listen to my music. Oh no! Well, <laughs> I'm sure entire you still are. You know, like <laughs> like at this point, I think Utada can like never work a day in their life again and be completely fine, fine with the money that they have. Yeah. But also, they they don't make music for anyone but themselves. Um, and uh, so it's been this kind of like thing with them, um, how they they've come out, and I think it's a really really awesome and it kind of really really great step forward and you know there always needs to be the first person to like publicly Mm -hmm. like be like look i'm exactly the same person i was before you knew this about me and then it like you know people who are you know struggling with the same situation Mm -hmm. can see like oh there's someone who is successful and kind and you know Mm -hmm. well beloved that is like me and so I don't have to yeah. feel ashamed of who I am, you know? I love it. Well, and in that interview, it was also kind of mentioned that it's not its not even simply that there weren't any other people in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. that have identified as mm-hmm. that. It's even, like, as far as they're concerned, they haven't noticed that anyone on the Japanese side of things even discuss. Like, mm-hmm. it's not something that even really gets discussed yeah, yeah. all that mm-hmm. much. So, like, that they... They kind of did, they didn't talk a lot about like, oh, I feel all this responsibility, mm-hmm. but they they did say there was a level of being very aware that like starting that conversation, even much less being the yeah. first person in the entertainment industry to identify like that. Yeah, Am absolutely. I- and I think especially because they didn't even know about it. And so yeah. once they figured out that like there was kind of like this like definition and term for what they had been feeling throughout their entire life, it was kind mm-hmm. of like a, a brought solace to the kind of the questions and I think if you like follow their music you can kind of see where it is and they've like talked about this before in regards to like kind of being multilingual and how like Mm -hmm. in Japan they're one way and in America they're other and I think that was really kind of them kind of sensing that kind of like I don't want to be either I just kind of want to be at a certain point and this also kind of like ties back to um in the very beginning during first love Utada wrote all their music and they threw in a bunch of like English words into the lyrics and they didn't do it because it was, you know, like trendy. some yeah. like, yeah, it wasn't trendy at all. Like nobody was doing that, but also like, it wasn't like a try to grab international yeah. audiences. It was purely because that's how they specifically spoke when they yeah. spoke. They did this like mashup of Japanese and English because they were so, like, fluent in both and were, you know, living yeah. and studying school in both countries. And so it was very like natural to them. And I think that like this entire time, it's kind of been like a culmination of things like kind of hinting towards it and like hinting towards what they identify with. And I think it's really kind of like amazing to be able to see them finally figure it out too and be themselves. I- I must say, I got a little bit of a like side chuckle when I was when I was just like looking through it. And I just, you know, went onto the you know, as you always do when you first start the research for anything, you check out the Wikipedia article <laughs> yeah. about it, and and the set the set like I even sent this guy and I was like, good gracious, <laughs> the sentence was. Utada announced her non-binary gender identity, becoming one of the first public figures in Japan to self-identify. I was like, wait a minute. 
wait a minute. But later on, write down if you scroll Already. all the way, all the way to the bottom of this incredibly long article. Yeah, it's so long. Um, it says in the notes section, it says Utada uses she, her, and they, them pronouns. This article used she, her pronouns for consistency. And I was like, yeah. well, at least they put a note. Otherwise, this is an absurd <laughs> sentence to write. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure they're still trying to like figure that out. And I don't think anybody yeah. should be rushed into like no. figuring out what oh, yeah. pronouns they're um, going to identify as. But they did, uh, there is an Instagram post that Utada uh, talked about, like where it was like a specific thing was um, in the suffix. If like you're called like Miss Ikari or Mrs. And decided that MX was more like what they wanted to be. And it was kind of like more of like, it's really not about the exact pronouns. It's about being able to feel like anything, like just be feel like I'm me essentially mm-hmm. um, and, and there was also another time that they were discussing just their name and how their name is kind of more of a masculine name than than a mm-hmm. typically feminine mm-hmm. japanese name yeah so and they've always liked that mm-hmm. about their name and they thought that that was a really a really good extension of themselves they always identified well with their name, yes so they, yeah they never felt the desire to change yeah, it or anything because they, they liked yeah it. they um that's good focus like a lot of their career it's just been utada which it's their last name like yeah. it's their family name too so like mm-hmm. that's a little bit of like a difference in how they're represented which be aware if you're going and looking for them on on spotify i thought i had listened to everything and there was like you know 10 albums mm-hmm. and i listened to so much yeah. and then it was like i went to watch the video list and i was like I have never heard these songs. And then I went and looked and, oh no, they're in Spotify twice. Yeah. Classic. This is also because of the Western and the Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, like what I found with, especially like Japanese names, the, like the media hasn't like all gotten together and figured out whether they're going to do it Westernized or not. So it, it literally, it all, it's a free for all. Every like article could be completely Mm -hmm. different. And I think what's like, makes it a little bit challenging for you as like a non-Japanese person reading all this stuff is that you, it's not like, I think Korean makes it easy because, well, A, because most of the time they they do it correctly where it's the last name first. But yeah. the last names are all roughly the same in Korean. So, so like yeah, you see the same names all the time you're like that's definitely the last name but you can't do that with Japanese that much I mean there are like names like first names that are very common like if you see Sora a lot you're gonna you know oh that's the first name but like it does make it a little bit challenging when you're trying to like research these Japanese artists because it's like which one is it like and you don't know doing who you're reading wrote it properly yeah. or wrote it the other way yeah. you know yeah. did they write it it's Americanized no or did they write it they're like I don't know what your name is I'm sorry it, 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 it's really strange that the media hasn't like come to a conclusion with this yeah like, it's really at this bizarre. point in the game like and <laughs> I have like, like there's a lot of times like I get worried that I'm gonna like if I'm looking for people that I'm switching their names like so like 
if I'm like talking about a bunch of different people, like half of them, I talk about them, their first name la- and their last name, and then their last name and their first name. And I'm always like, I need someone that like, what or not with Wikipedia sometimes I've like noticed they've stopped kind of doing it. They will say the family name, like we'll say family name and then the last name. Um, and then my drama list kind of does, but I think it's only on the app. You see it? I, I can't remember. <laughs> so it's, it's very hard. And I'm always like, even, even when you're being to, careful, yeah. it's still very difficult. I'm, like, I'm so bad at this and I'm already bad at names no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> like, ruins me. I'm bad at English names. So I'm so bad at names that I've been familiar with them for years and I still have to look up how to spell their mm-hmm. name because I'm like, oh, which one is it I get? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so we're going to pivot now uh, because I'm probably sure you all want to know the music style of Utada. Mm-hmm. Um, because... I know, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I will tell you. Um, what is, like, so officially, I think if you, like, look at a lot of, like, things, Utada is kind of compared to J-pop. Mm-hmm. And in almost every interview they've ever done in their entire life, they keep on going, I don't know what J-pop is. I don't <laughs> know what J-pop is. It's, like, a constant thing they're talking about all the time. They're like, I don't know what J-pop is. I'm just doing the music that I like to mm-hmm. do. Um, and so like it, they're usually credited as J-pop, but it's kind of like mostly their music falls in with like R&B and electronica and kind of dance club. Like that's where you're gonna, if you're looking for kind of like what Utada is as a musical genre, that's, that's where they live. And sometimes they do a little bit more ballads because like, uh, First Love or Hatsukoi um off of the first love album is a ballad and they have ballads and they have kind of more stuff that's like a little bit more poppy and like would mm. be something you would consider as like possibly j-pop but it's like especially with a lot of their albums they kind of focus more and kind of like the r&b electronica because they also do a lot of like remixes on their songs as well yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of like club remixes um and- it's J-pop in the same sense that for some reason both Zico and Stacy are both considered K-pop. Yes, kind of like, more like, <laughs> you know right. I mean? like talking about J-pop is because it's popular person it's from Japan. Japan. It's, it's popular you know, music yeah. that is Japanese. Yeah. J-pop. So, <laughs> but but it, it is kind of like funny. I was uh, I had just like massive list of just like random things because Utah is very easy to find interviews of because they know English so you can always find like English things and they've done a a couple of English albums so they've promoted a lot here and it was just like constantly people would be like J-pop like I don't know what J-pop is stop asking me this question if you say so (laughs) well and and what's kind of extra funny about that is how like they're they're put on this pedestal as like you know this pillar of j-pop mm-hmm. and they'll be like not simply even what is j-pop but they're like i don't listen to other j like i don't yeah, yeah. so yeah, i'm not me. even influenced <laughs> by yeah. whatever you're discussing like um during like uh like what was it 2004 they did the exodus album which is their kind of like first official english album that actually got released to people um, and so they did a ton of press with that and they were constantly going 
onto like radio shows and stuff and like everybody was comparing them to Britney Spears and you could see like it was like constant and it was very like just like very clinical in her responses sometimes oh, or their responses from sometimes. a young from a young age and, they did not mince words with yes. stuff like that yeah <laughs> and uh, and so it's funny because they're trying really hard because they respect britney spears but they're yeah, like i right. don't i'm not we're not the same like we're not yeah. doing the same music at all which is like yeah. very clear they're not doing no, the same music no, at all probably. you listen to them and they were kind of trying to like clarify that and then it was like you could tell that they were kind of like picking up like maybe what people are kind of referring to is how the level of stardom where it's like yeah. Britney Spears it like everybody knows who they are whether they listen to yeah. their music there was not. a point of and at that time for... yeah, yeah. Utada well she still is but like at the time they were that huge of a person so mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. were at the level especially when you went to Japan you people would know who and, they were. And I think how young they were as well, right? Like mm-hmm. comparing that to Britney Spears. Yes, yeah. That Britney Spears rose meteorically at a young age and so do Utada. So and exactly at the same like, time. It's, too. A, it's a reasonable comparison to make, but it was like all the time. Like every interview, you, I watched like three or four in a row and I was like, and it was like, Constant. they had the J-pop conversation and the Britney Spears conversation. Yes, it was constant. Like, just like spiraling okay. and they're like I I, they're trying like really hard because they were like trying to not be like i don't like britney spears because it's clearly that they're not they're just like i don't want you to think that i'm britney spears and then you listen to my music and you're like well i was con this is not britney yeah. spears music <laughs> yeah. at all <laughs> like well and also when you're making those comparisons especially from an american perspective it comes across like you're saying you're the japanese britney spears mm-hmm. and at one point utada was like yes i remember watching britney spears rise to fame and thinking wow her career is very much like mine already is the american like the the white Utada, not the other one. i was no. here first like you know try not to be rude about it but no also <laughs> even like such no, different backgrounds too and that doesn't and that doesn't mean that like one artist is better than no, the other yeah. but the right. backgrounds are so entirely different and that's fine mm-hmm. or even the mm-hmm. way they perform entirely different yes well, yeah. both yeah. both yeah. great yeah. artists yeah, but like we love Britney Spears up in she here she can okay. dance like she is a dancer dancer mm-hmm. and I'm yeah, like I'm here. We love Britney Spears here. We think that she's fantastic. Um, no, just not, yeah. not, not the same. Not the same. It's a different vibe <laughs> all entirely. But of course, when you're also talking in within the patriarchy, That's like classic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a young female born person. Yeah, I gotta compare. To other people yep. then yeah and it was just like i don't think my eyes doing stuff on my own further <laughs> in know, right? back in my head <laughs> <laughs> entertainment media <laughs> um uh some of like their influences in music because they kind of like vary in and drastically in what they really love uh it's anywhere from someone like mary j blige to metallica mm-hmm. to prince to kate bush um, and I think you can kind of see those influences, especially like Mary J. Blige in Utada's work. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like 
what is defining to what they kind of put out and how they they work. Um, and they've also done a lot of collabs with a bunch of different people. Uh, it's they're pretty clear that like anybody in the music industry is kind of clamoring to work with them like it's um you know they're big enough that like people want to be working with them so they've worked with a ton of different producers the very earlier stages of their career um their dad was working on stuff utada is very very clear in that they want to be the ones writing stuff too so they're very like picky about that because they want the music to be about them and they don't see that they it can be if they are not part of that process um but they've worked with people like skrillex Sheena ringo timberland a bunch of different r&b artists in america and producers and that sort of thing um and yeah it's just a legacy of who they have worked with um they have 11 studio albums three in english four compilation albums and one live album under their name plus several singles um and kind of like the smaller albums they've also um done a lot of different collabs with a bunch of different people so you find them in a lot of different places and one of the places where you will find them which is part of the reason why they're so successful here in like america and like in the international spaces is because of their work on Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't know what Kingdom Hearts is, it's this little game. Like I don't think anybody has heard of it. Um, <laughs> a, little, a little indie game, you know, just a little, a little indie game. game made by little indie little studios. Little don't worry about it. <laughs> Disney. <laughs> um, they uh, were asked to do the Japanese version of the release of kingdom hearts by uh the one of the creators of the game and the creator was talking about how specifically they wanted utada to be the one to write this song and perform this Mm -hmm. song because they could see nobody else doing it um so when that was released that got really big a lot of people like the public really liked that song. Uh, it's called Hikari. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game, it's a little, it's like the club version of it. It's not the one that's like released on the Deep Love album. Um, but then th- they were asked to do the English version for the English release of the game, um, which they ended up doing. And it was a little bit different than a lot of people do with the kind of like um, making like a the English version of whatever their like main language was. Um, and they actually spent some time working on it. And if you like read the lyrics to both of the songs, they're completely different. And they've also changed up a bunch of different stuff on the, well, not a bunch of different stuff, but like there's a good amount of like musical changes between the two. And so like Utada very clearly wanted to be, make this not just a, we're translating the words from Japanese to fit into the English one it was we're making that song and kind of like keeping the essence but it's going to be mm-hmm. an english song and it was like kind of completely produced um and uh it uh was it it just it did really well a lot of people know utada because of this song uh the japanese uh, one became their seventh single to debut at number one on the Oricon singles charts. There's a Guinness World Record, like, attached to the song. 
um like they've gone on to create different versions of the song as well and keep on writing songs for kingdom hearts osts uh they've also done i've said like a bunch of different stuff with like evangelion 2 they did mm -hmm. a couple of like songs for some of the um movies uh evangelion if you watch the tv series they do a version of fly me to the moon mm -hmm. by different people on the ending credits and tata did one of those um so that's kind of where they're like their international fans started to really pick up this uh kingdom hearts <laughs> so my husband was asking me i was like well what are you what are you doing this week for the podcast? Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, we're doing Who Threw You Tata? And he's like, oh, who's that? I'm like, oh, no, no, you know who it is. You know. And he's like, no, I'm like, it's a, it's a Japanese, they're a Japanese singer. Like, you've, you've mm -hmm. heard them. And he's like, oh, I don't know, it doesn't seem familiar. And then I was like, no, honey. When you walk away, oh, you can you yeah, he was like, He was like, oh, okay, yes, I, I am familiar. <laughs> I am familiar with that. Yes, yes. I was like, we all are. Yeah, we all, we all are. <laughs> um, so as I go back to their albums, I just want to like talk a little bit about like some of their like main selling points because I think like it's just it's incredible how much they have done with the, their music oh, yeah. and how like influential it is in Japanese music history. So um, when we talked about the first love album, which is their very first album that like was fully Japanese, fully shown to the public. Um, it became the highest selling album in Japan's history, uh, ranking uh, them fifth in the top 100 artists of the 20th century by Tokyo Hot 100. At that time, their first debut album when they were like 15. <laughs> um, <laughs> their second album, Distance, and became best selling album of the year. Uh, so then when Deep River came out, it sold over 3 million cabins, uh, making Utada the only singer in Japanese history to have three consecutive albums past the 3 million mark. It was also the best, eighth best-selling album of all time in Japan. <laughs> um, <laughs> they have a singles album that came out in 2004, and it became the best-selling album that year and reached number one four times, making it the first compilation album to reach number one in 26 years by a female artist. Wow. And by the end of 2000s, they were the, one of the most top-selling artists of all time with over 50 million records sold, 12 singles reaching number one on Oricon, and six of their albums releasing as the highest-selling albums in Japan. It's like it's mind-boggling, <laughs> really, at this yes. point. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, obviously they've won a ton of different awards. I'm not going to list all of them, but like a, a little like sprinkling, they won 39 <laughs> Japan gold disc awards. Um, third most out of any artist in the event's history. They've won five Japanese Japan record awards, six MTV video music awards from Japan, eight Japanese record sales. They won for Asian pop music awards, Billboard Japan, Association of Media and Digital Arts awards. It's like just just racking up like there's so, there's so many that when you go on like their wikipedia page they don't list them they just have a link it's to just, another page yeah, that has it's just them a all. scroll and <laughs> yeah. scroll and scroll and scroll um and so that is kind of like a condensed version of utada hikaru the only thing that i haven't mentioned which i will mention briefly because we kind of are doing something with this episode where we're tying it with another episode that'll be coming out sometime later mm -hmm. um and uh that is uh tied with their song first love 
which was like I think the fourth single off of that first love album that was brought out and it's kind of one of like it's heralded as one of like the songs that people recognize Utada for especially to kind of like general like Japanese public it's it's this song um and what's so special about it besides everybody and their mom covering it and loving it (laughs) is that it was picked up um to be used as the plot device in a Japanese drama that just aired on Netflix called first love (laughs) um and so we're gonna potentially in a couple weeks tie together with like talking about that drama but i want to all coming back it's all talk about that um but like there is a tie-in um and if you had heard or have watched that drama that is that's otara you hear them a lot like the one of the first episodes they're playing automatic on the radio in the car they see you see like billboards of <laughs> them it that's who it is and that's what that the you know entire drama is about and so. if you are a netflix user they also have two concerts on there and i watch them both oh one yes is, yes yes one is an actual live concert called laughter in the dark which was phenomenal it was beautiful it was mm-hmm. phenomenal and also had a really fun little like video with a comedian halfway through like you know how when you're at a concert and they'll put on like a video so like the artist can go like change yeah, or like, change like you know like, like, wait yeah. you know um, drink water this i actually laughed out loud several times because it was just so perfectly mm-hmm. absurd like it was it starts out all serious and then takes a, a hard left <laughs> And Utada can just straight man yeah. the heck out of that. Yeah. Oh, what what I sort it. of loved about it was that both of both of them, like her and the comedian who's interviewing her, were both the straight man. Like it was like yeah. a double yeah. straight man where neither of them wanted to admit that they were the you know making jokes. I, and then yeah. um, I, I'm assuming this is the one that I've seen the clip of on YouTube with the the, the bottle. Yeah, the yeah. Bottle. But it, but it goes. So yeah, I saw the clip yeah, first yeah. before I saw the concert. So it goes. There's like there's like five <laughs> more levels past that. Oh, it keeps golly. going. Yeah, I gotta watch. That. Like I was shocked because I I laughed at the little clip that it's yeah. just yeah. the initial it's, it's the so initial absurd. shock. It's so absurd, like the initial clip. No, but the skit continues for like seven eight more minutes of lots of just things that it's just so amazing uh, and then okay. she has a second like live session recording that i believe yeah. was done during the pandemic with her session musicians yes yeah um and she has a really nice message they have a really nice message at the end where uh they're basically like i i know I, we can't perform live in front mm-hmm. of you right now but one day like but it's a really gorgeous like just it's, it's very chill and you yeah, know what i yeah. really you know what i really liked about it what i liked about the concert is that she takes the or they take the time to name and thank every single one of their session musicians and their dancer yeah. and everything like by name like give them a little story like oh this is this person like you know uh, during the laughter in the dark uh concert uh there's like a contemporary dancer and they're like, this is this is the woman who taught me how to dance. Um, they're she's a good friend of mine now, and I wouldn't be anywhere without her. And it's just yeah. like it's so nice. Like it's I just... think that kind of speaks of what like Utada is about. I think like uh, if you come in on a surface level and then find out about their parents, you could be like, oh well, 
Nepo baby. Like, yeah. 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 And um, Udhara spent her or their entire career just doing what they want to do. Like, mm. and and you can tell there's this real love for the artistry of everything. And like, especially when they have been so influential and so big, they're constantly doing albums that they are like, I knew nobody was going to like it, but I liked it. So I didn't care. I just put it yeah. out. And that speaks to the artistry and speaks to the kind of passion of just like the creation of this music. And I think that like the way they are with other people in the industry too is kind of representative of that because they're always kind of like uplifting people and, and making sure that like, people are you know represented and uh they really feel that like it's a collab because they're doing something like fun it's not just a collab so that they both benefit from each other sort of thing Mm -hmm. and it just makes listening to their music even more great because it's just you can tell it's their work yeah they don't seem like a person that like does something just to network. No, no, it, like, that. like plus they don't need, need to. to. They, they like, have watch been any of their interviews. <laughs> their, the interviews like show you. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can also feel a deep love of music that comes out like mm-hmm. in their music, and I just I really, I really yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, Personal. and to have that um, even now after being in the industry since essentially birth but like really doing stuff since starting 10 years old and making a name for themselves so quickly and so drastically and still kind of have this real love and real affinity for creating music and also seeming very down to earth yes like Mm -hmm. yes they have despite the fame the ridiculous amounts of fame yeah they have have an instagram and they're always on lives a lot and it's just like very chill just answering Mm. questions and Mm. they listen to like you know people and they like they get a lot of like people that they've worked with or like even like people from like kingdom hearts or ava like they've gotten them and it's purely so that they can like be an interview to them yeah yeah and like and and like they know that like you know there is a good amount of people who are just like in love with them because of these games being so popular and these Mm -hmm. animes being so popular and they have real love for it and you've talked about in interviews how it was like kind of amazing that like that's what brought you in and they're still around and like you know decades Mm -hmm. later those fans are still Still around and you know like especially it being like an international audience in a way it's it's really special for them and i have to say Mm -hmm. on that on that concert that's on netflix like the audience all ages yeah just all Mm -hmm. all types of people just from to old old peeps if you want to like see some fun things, uh, search Utada at um, Coachella or yeah, or yeah, Coachella. Like when they did stuff with Eighty Eight Rising, that same time that mm-hmm. like Twenty One did stuff, like the surprise Twenty One. Like oh, was, listen to what, the crowd and simple and clean comes yeah. out, and like people are just losing their minds <laughs> because of yeah. it. Yeah. People were so like amazed when their name was announced like mm-hmm. just even at the original lineup they couldn't yeah. believe that yeah. they were gonna be there so and that was the first festival they had ever 
performed. Yeah. That. Yeah. So they were they were really excited to be able to do that. Which is too. you know, always trying new things, you know? Yeah. You know, keep doing yeah. new stuff. It makes life yeah, interesting, just, you know. Yeah. And you can tell, like I, I mean I feel like, like you listen to their music and they do new stuff. They do. Like there's yeah. a lot of variety in there. There's a few songs that have more of like a rock and roll vibe. And then mm-hmm. there's like that um, hymno, uh, hymno L'Amour. And it's very sort of like jazzy, almost scat mm-hmm. sounding. And you're like, where did that come from? Like, but you just get this sense that they're like, yeah. oh, you know, that'd be fun. I should try that. That's really is. There's one interview do, I like, saw. They they were talking. I think it was the question was like, what was your inspiration or something? And they couldn't give an answer. They're like, I literally just like one day I'll like think of a sound, and then I'll like spend two days looking at different languages to find that sound in yeah. a word, and then to take that word and like just snowball into it and like so it's like you know like they don't it's just like this random thing that happens in their process of like finding new music and and i was just so just like (laughs) doing whatever i was watching a little interview with them and they were talking about how they find like inspiration for their songs and they were like oh it comes from anywhere they're like sometimes yeah. I'll just I'll just hear like a weird noise, like a wow wow wow, and I'm like, yeah, I can do something with that, mm-hmm. like, and I'm just like, yeah, that's that's cool. That's just yeah, uh, yeah. I just love them. <laughs> like, really, I'm like very happy so, that we did this episode. So, so, so Jesse, your first brush with their music was it like did you run into one of the music videos like how did you um so it was purely because i was doing like anime stuff and it kind of like in your in the fandom people start talking about people and so like randomly mm-hmm. just people, got mentioned yeah and then so um you know i can't even remember if it was like someone said it or like one of my friends who were part of that anime group were like oh Tata. and so kind of looked into that and then they were always the thing and then like one of the things that you do especially at that time was when you were going to these conventions um you were just buying things at random because it was yeah. your only chance to get the your hands it's on stuff true. so you were literally just going in blind <laughs> a lot and i think that's like what was the big thing. It was like, Utada was just like, you're going in blind because you're just trying to get any sort of like of this content whatsoever. And so then it like, you get like more involved with it and then you get the, the album. And then like, finally it becomes a thing where like you have like more attainable thing. Cause they're on a video game. That's literally playing in your living yeah. room, you know? <laughs> and so that kind of like, like really kind of deepened that especially you know like when i got into like college is when anime started to pick up a little bit more and became like a little bit more like you know easier to find Mm. within the united states um which then meant like some of these like major japanese artists you could find their music too Mm -hmm. yeah and i bet it's like as youtube started being a you know as time progressed within mm-hmm. the access of digital music and yeah. music videos and things, God, I'm sure God like bless then those. you were like, yes, yes. God bless I those mean, like anime that's what, music yeah. videos. Yep. 
That's, that's, <laughs> how, that's how you find most of your J. Yeah. Yeah. Your Japanese when you music back AMVs. in the day. Those anime yeah. music videos. Classic that was time. like the start of people like, you know, editing video is making these mm-hmm. fan edits of things mm-hmm. um, with like clips of your music or like anime. And it was also like a way for you to kind of like get a glimpse of an anime yeah. to kind of know mm-hmm. what it was before you hunted down the fans summer who's gonna get it and you know spending hundreds of dollars because even when like even even if you could find something that was actually produced by a studio it was so expensive yeah. like you go into the cd store and you would get a dvd that had four episodes and it would be <sighs> like 30 bucks and this is like 2000s so we're not talking about like inflation numbers yeah, right now no. like, yeah 30 bucks then i remember like, yeah. i remember the moment so when i um decided i was like i wasted all my years and i could have like learned japanese and i still wasted them and i didn't learn japanese but like when i like decided <laughs> like i had that like little break in like <laughs> my life when i was like i'm gonna get back into japanese um, and I decided that since I was like teaching myself, I needed to like consume a lot of stuff. I was like, okay, I'm going to buy some of my like old anime that I don't have like the things of, cause it was like my friends had the tapes. So I, I didn't own them. I watched them with my friends. They have the thing. And I remember going and finding serial experiments, experiments lane, which I had one volume of which had two episodes of. So I had the first al- volume that had two episodes of this anime and when i got it it was like 30 35 dollars and i remember finding it on blu-ray the entire series for 12 bucks and i like died <laughs> i was like this Damn. is where we are in life <laughs> no i remember, I remember I, when my the progression got, yeah got us, like one year our big gift for christmas was she got all of us the vhs box set of the BBC Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. That's five hours. Five yeah. hours. It was $120 yeah. for five oh, hours. Yeah. Of, you know, yeah. like a VHS. And it's insane. And now you're like, whatever, it's on Tubi for free or whatever. <laughs> like, like, okay. I, I remember, okay, I was dating this guy in high school. And I think looking back, the thing I liked most about him was that he owned the entirety of Slayers on DVD, um, mm-hmm. the anime <laughs> Slayers. Um, and when I decided to break up with him, when I tell you, I wanted to steal that DVD set. So, but I did. But you know what? You know, know, shout out to longtime supporter of this podcast, Beth. She sent me the entire series of Slayers on DVD as a birthday present one year. So, Beth, you're the real MVP. That's really (laughs) real MVP. So, Natalia, what was like. Was it pretty much kind of the same thing? Like, you just kind of heard about the name? Yeah, it was just sort of like, listen, the, the various mixed CDs that I would get from, oh, my, yeah. you know, friends. They would be on them. there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just. So, you know, yeah. same, same sort of, like, it was, the, it was the Wild West, okay? It was, it was really. It really wild was the wildest. I, I feel though at that point, I don't think if you were part, like really into being in the anime community, mm-hmm. I don't think there was ever a time that you could have not known about Utada. Yeah. 
too, because um, they were that influential, even like as an American who's, you know, <laughs> nobody knows really what anime is. Um, kind of the same way how Boa got yeah. to be that way um, with every heart because it was on Inuasha and it was just like so huge. So you, it was, they were like, Utada is one of those like people where you're like, okay, well, <laughs> they were so popular. They yeah. definitely broke into like international spaces even before you know, Kingdom Hearts became a thing. Yeah. They just got a little bit more. Like, it became, it like, a little bit more. more prolific. Like, people were, like, really into it. Because, I mean, like, the, that game has such, like, a hold on everyone. And it's understandable, like, if you've ever watched it. It's a fun game. game. Like, you know, it's legitimately really a fun game. And it's a bunch of different, like, characters. Because you have, like, Disney characters, which are inherently... Uh, like characters that people love because of their childhood but then yeah. you also have like final fantasy characters which like if you were that person who was like playing those video games like i was like seeing like people like sephiroth on your screen yeah. on like a video game with like you know disney characters Mouse, that was like, like wait 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 hold on so i'm the type of person that even if i haven't consumed a type of media if I hear enough about something, I would get curious mm-hmm. and I would go look it up. Yeah. Um, so Kingdom Hearts is an example of that for me. I've never played it. Uh, but when you go try to learn about Kingdom Hearts and... Okay, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy is also an example of that yeah. for me too. I've never played it. So when I just go read about the lore it and just so see deep. like... Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's so complex. So even just Kingdom Hearts, even if I just go, okay, what is Kingdom Hearts really? Well, like, what, what is the plot it? of I Kingdom that's Hearts? that's gotta be why Kingdom Hearts became so big because, like, if you knew about the lore of the characters in that game like Mm -hmm. it became like constant easter eggs for you and so you like Mm -hmm. really kind of like took like the video game and you're like oh i know everything about this person even though the backstory is not going to be presented in kingdom hearts you know like you spent the hours on final (laughs) fantasy 7 like Like, you know those like that had to have yeah. been a thing that had to have been a thing like with someone who was like playing and they're like oh my gosh is that character and like i think that like happens with disney characters mm-hmm. too it's like you know mm-hmm. like you, you're so much part of that fandom that this is just like really amazing to kind of constantly see these people and like characters that wouldn't be together are together in this game right and i think that's why i even looked it up like years ago i was like what what is this game because i'm not understanding the crossover vibe that is happening like i I needed to understand whatever like ads and clips and stuff Mm -hmm. would like goofy but like everything was dark and goofy and a big key and you're like what's going on what am i looking at here like and and it also extends past and then the keyblade thing it was even like what's a keyblade like i kept trying to figure that what's really funny is that like totally extends beyond because now for like other games like for example you can get a very popular mod for skyrim that just adds keyblades into skyrim (laughs) like you can just Play Skyrim with Keyblades. Why not? So funny. Yeah. Uh, It's It's just so funny when you're outside of it, but you get curious enough to be like, I want to know what this is. And you read about it and you're like, I'm still not sure I know what this is. What I start to love about it is like... From the outside, if you know nothing about it, you're like, oh, it's probably like a silly little Disney game. And then you start reading the deep lore. And you're like, oh, Jesus, like, this is, this is messed up. Like, <laughs> like come on. What deranged psycho came up with the game? 
kid's cool little hair and goggles and keyblade, and it's like, wow, I wasn't expecting it to go that far. Like, lots Mm -hmm. of things. So songs. Did anybody have any, like, favorite songs? Or, like, songs that really stood out to them? Yes, I have two favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Well, go, okay, Natalia, go. I have go. tons of favorite songs, but two <laughs> that I would like to mention. And one is okay. the song Nishi or The Road. Yes, 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 so yes. yes. So good. <laughs> and the other one is uh, Hatsukoi, which is mm-hmm. just, they're just so good. But also, I gotta say, finding the official music videos for a lot of these, difficult. Because japan okay yeah but the music video for bad which is recently came out Mm -hmm. is fantastic but i just gotta say that red and blue lighting in that music video (laughs) is fucking on point (laughs) it's so good Mm -hmm. it's a delight no delight yes (laughs) you go watch it you go listen to her listen to them immediately no how about you amanda I really like, uh, speaking of videos, I really like the video for You Make Me Want to Be a Man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. just wild and mm-hmm. cool. But the song is also excellent. Like, it's so good. No. Um, and, like, 90% of the comments under it on YouTube now are congratulations on coming out on <laughs> as non-binary. Yeah. So, wholesome. <laughs> we, we love the wholesome <laughs> community, right? <laughs> Very supportive. You know? Like, okay. Um, I really like Beautiful World. I love... I love that him Lamour. Like I mm-hmm. love that different. I, I like when when they're doing the different stuff. But like, yeah, yeah everything's good. Like I mean, it's there's all good. A, a ton of it. So, and like, it really so. is. Even though they're always them, it is one of those people where you can be like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, and everybody could probably find at least one song that they'd be into. Like yeah. there's there's gonna be something in there like mm-hmm. and i like the dance remixes of stuff yeah. like yeah. They, they have a very so um fun. sort of early mid madonna kind of vibe yes to yes they absolutely like, yeah you're right you know you what you could really right. see yeah, it right. at the club coming up after vogue or something mm-hmm. like you're like oh yeah yeah okay i got you probably my favorite is face my fears mm-hmm. love that song so much um but a, a few others I really, really liked were Devil Inside. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. enjoyed. Bad I liked a lot. That is good. Uh, That's a good album too. Yeah, really Goodbye album. Happiness. I really enjoyed watching the video mm-hmm. of too because it was just them sitting at their desk with the, these puppets and stuff. It was yeah. cute. So, but yeah, I really faced my fears though. Like, yeah, no. I think I've ran into that before in the past. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, I like this song. No. So for me, Automatic has like a kind of like very nostalgic thing for me because every time I see it I think of like that single chair and I just like it just kind of like brings me back to that point in my life so it's always going to be a very like classic thing for me but I cannot express to you how much I loved Hikari which is the Kingdom Hearts you know the Japanese version but like the the one on the album not the like the remix stuff for Kingdom Hearts that song the first time I heard it I just fell absolutely in love with it and just it it took me <laughs> it like yeah. it was like that's it this the is the chokehold and begins. the music video for it is so good in mm. kind of like the 
representation of what like the lyrics are and it's literally just them sitting there washing dishes that's it the entire time there's no like cuts or whatsoever um but like phantom a the the album is Mm. like a solid album it's probably i uh, yeah it is my favorite album like definitely it's it's so yeah it's so good Uh, I mean, like, there, there is just so much. And I think, especially, like, if you do, like, R&B, you're going to squarely, like, yeah. what Utada, like, produces for most of her st- or their stuff. And I, I just think that they're so great. And I love them so much. I, I have a random wondering. Did did any of Utada's music end up on that uh, dance game that you played at the arcade? No. Years? The one that I played at the arcade was Korean. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, but That'd there be might what? be something like on DDR that they did, but like I, I can, I don't I know. Can I can, this. Yeah, yeah. I just suddenly remembered how that was a part of your past, and I yes, forgot that you was, had yes, like the Korean, Korean yes, version, not the Japanese Korean version. version. <laughs> yeah, just kind of how this all started. Yeah, so like it, but it was in that like literally in that squarely in that time period too. So. Mm-hmm. so like around that time you were doing that game and that's how you're exposed to korean, korean music, music too, right? yeah for the most part but you know i was still on the anime side <laughs> i mean like the reason right. we went to play that game was because we were such big anime nerds and anime nerds would go play ddr because ddr at that time was not a video game you could play in your home you had to no. go to an arcade right yeah so we went to the arcade in our town and they did not have ddr they had pump it up so we just close what we had close that, was, <laughs> that was yeah. what we got and that like apparently it's thing. really only simple and clean that made it to ddr okay but, i can understand it you know what yeah well, well for, this is yeah. from my but i guess like from my five a lot of, second googling I mean, well besides the well, but that's, songs, I, like yeah yeah I, w- I was assuming that at least that yeah. song would end up that well, that's why i kind of brought it up yeah. i wondered if like Simple and clean, like I assumed it was right. Like, listen, like there was, there was a bunch of Hatsune Miku. <laughs> Jesse has been so excited to do this I know. episode. I know. I, I, like, <laughs> it was just really nice, like, being able to, like, research this. There was just, it was very nostalgic. It, re- like, it really, like, brought up a lot of memories of that time in my life yeah and i know that like this time in our like entire lives and you know with the pandemic and stuff a lot of people are like reminiscing about like you know older stuff it was just really nice to be Mm -hmm. able to like kind of through utada's music like relive those times you know like Mm -hmm. early like then high school and you know college yeah and the memories and like just the fun things we did i mean like just like remembering buying that CD at Anime Festival Orlando and then just like thinking about everything that I did at Anime Festival Orlando and how crazy it was. Back all those back in the day memories. And it just like, you know, brings up other memories about like all the apartments that I lived in in Orlando. (laughs) Like (laughs) just, you know, it's snowballed into stuff. And I actually am really like glad that I like finally decided on this because, um, a spoiler or like a little inside uh i originally was going to do four minute for this episode yes. four minute had been on my like list of you know groups to talk about because i do love four minutes so very much like so to good. the point i even made up the music video playlist 
you know may, you never know we might do like, it yeah. next year we can, yeah later, or just sometime in general yeah yeah i can speak for almost when i say there are no four minute haters in this group you don't have to twist our arm <laughs> yeah, sure. oh no please no oh there was just this moment i was like but like we had a we could talk and then about the show Utada. just came out yeah, and, yeah, and, came out. Yeah, yeah. You know. and then like the coachella thing and just like they're back and like yeah. they were kind of like more present and they had you know just released or not just released but like the albums have been like in the recent mm-hmm. kind of distance and so they're kind of always present and i was like you know what especially we don't do a lot of like music outside yeah. of korea yeah. which mostly is because it's just korea's easy yeah. um and it's harder to get japanese music um especially music videos because that's just <sighs> you know <sighs> it's not our doing yeah. but hey one one really strange thing i will thank the pandemic for for whatever reason is how it made whatever japanese entity yeah. like unclench their fists <laughs> just a little bit yes and yes. release full well yeah and that's music all, that's videos of things what, like right now us. i am in my japanese yeah. renaissance or oh, whatever same. because it's just like for years like i i do know that like my love for kind of like the japanese entertainment side is like, like purely because that's where i was first introduced to yeah. it you know and like and you know formative years so that's why i always have this like strong connection to it and it's always been there and uh when i've gotten more into like asian entertainment and stuff like korean stuff was just like it was so much more easier to find and you know it was legal and it was you know it was just like always present so i kind of like moved to that but like now we're kind of back into this like era of where like i can find these things and then like Mm. netflix is dropping like three or four dramas a month and it's like their dramas some of their dramas are like early 2000s dramas too like and so like now i'm just like i can't get enough of it because like i didn't have this like i you know i had korean stuff to do this on like yeah you know at that time but like Japanese dramas were not a thing and I think I'm just now I'm just like squarely in Japanese world I like even I like I joked on what was a live stream I think we yeah, was the music live stream that I was gonna do an episode on GAC so yeah. maybe that will happen hey, okay yeah listen we don't know what um, comes up we, but yeah I think looking for new topics like it definitely like pushed me into like being like yeah do Utada no mm. and we appreciate you doing mm-hmm. so and as far as for the listeners like if you're a longtime fan of utada like we would love to hear what's your favorite song how did you get introduced or like what's your story is your story kingdom hearts is it anime like where did you first hear from you or maybe just like first love like the J drama maybe that's the first time you've or you didn't even know that it was actually like based on tied as that and this is kind of your springboard if you're new, if this is new, like we will have a, a Spotify playlist up of some of our favorite stuff. So that's an easy sort of primer to go check mm-hmm. out and get and, and know, Je- immersed. And Jesse made the YouTube music video. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have the music, oh, yeah. yeah playlist. It's so. extensive. 
Pre-warning on pre-warning on the YouTube. Sometimes they just the videos just disappear. Yes, that's yes. that's not yes. our doing. Sometimes yeah. they just that's, that was also the like uh, problem with like Kingdom Hearts stuff too, especially because yeah. it's Disney. Um, which I mean, they're a little bit more aggressive. I get it. They actually have to do stuff like per copyright rules they you have to actually like defend your copyright so i get it they're a little bit aggressive but like I they're get a it. little too aggressive some <laughs> yeah, they're a little too aggressive but like also like wouldn't it be the worst if like disney lost their copyright because they didn't do this simple thing <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we get it out. <laughs> speaking of aggressive we're aggressively telling you that you should listen to all of our episodes wherever you want to because we're wherever podcasts can be found but we're also on youtube and yet again aggressively suggesting not we're, we're very kind you can do what you want uh, no no we are aggressive, yeah, aggressively we want more yeah, subscribers subscribe to our youtube channel because we do live streams uh very fun live streams if i do I say so myself um at least once a week usually uh, and so we love having people there and uh, we hope that you enjoy that anyway if you want to support this podcast you can go to patreon.com slash certified newbies to become a member of the certified found family that is our family on the web they are the best we love them we have super fun and they get special little badges and like extra little snippets and everything you know how you know how patreon works i, I get a living <laughs> You know how big our friends And you should also join our free-to-join Discord where you can chat about all sorts of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Respectfully chat about all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to link some tacos to everything we talked about, you can go to certifiednewness.com, our website, where literally every single episode we've ever done is there with links and time codes and all that goodness. Anyway, thank you for listening to us. You know, maybe, you know, after you finish listening to us, you go turn on some, you know, Utada to listen to. Uh, stay safe, you know, wear a mask, wash your hands, and as always, keep enjoying Asian Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.